0: Good morning. good morning. So good to see you all. Wow, wasn't that amazing? Aren't we blessed with music like this? I was, I was just. Uh, I guess I was transported to the throne room where we all are going to sing to the King of Glory, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Uh, just amazing, just amazing. This is the second, um, the second Sunday of a brand new year that is filled with all the uncertainties that any year can be filled with, I guess, at this stage. But it is a great time to worship the Lord and to be in His presence and we we are just so grateful that we can sit here and and those of you who are following from home also, if some of you are just not gotten back into the habit yet of going you're going out every place else but but not here and you're still concerned we got we got wonderful space also if you want to sit uh, with significant social distancing and all of that. But for now if you have your Bibles, uh we will turn just to a single verse. Uh we're in a series about faith. Uh, this, uh, this month. And, uh, it's in Second Thessalonians, and it's just in Chapter One, so once you have found that. But, let's talk for a second. We're still at the threshold, right, of a brand new year. Second Sunday in, so to speak, of a, a year of 365 days. So we, many of us, I'm sure, have made resolutions, and quite a few of them relate to, you know, weight loss, or going to be on that treadmill more, or I'm going to be more careful with money, or invest right, you know, whatever kind of mo- many people do for these things. But how about some significant kind of faith goals and faith resolutions, uh, like... Uh, who do you want to pray for in a particular way this year? We're going to make a resolution that I want to share my faith with that person. Or maybe with a person every quarter. In a very real, tangible way. Not just kind of, you know, letting them guess through whatever is oozing out from my presence. But actually share your faith. Or... or How much time do you want to spend with God every week? And in his word, every week. Just some tangible goals like that at this this time. And and what would it look like if God did a major work at First Baptist Church at Louisville? What what is it that you would love to see him do? And, And how would you need to engage that? Now, that's New Year's resolution, is it not? What would you like to see happen in your Bible study group? In fact, if we meet again uh, a year from now and looking back, what would we like to see be the reality of the last Sunday of 2000? And twenty-two. I think Paul had some of these kinds of things in mind, in, in some way or another, when we read this verse. Here's here's a year that before us, and Paul was speaking to a young church that had that just been started, probably a, a scroungy little church. You can read about it in in the chapter seventeen of the book of Acts. Paul came to Thessalonica, a, a great and thriving city, uh, one of these places where, where a harbor uh, and, and ability to kind of connect the city to other places in the world happened. It was a very international place, somewhat uh, uh, parallel, at least to some extent, to old Corinth, uh, on the place where Paul was on his way to. And he came into this city, and as was his habit, he began to share the gospel. Talk about who Christ was, and he started in the synagogue. You can read about it. And as he's right there, it didn't take them long until someone really got upset with him because he was upsetting their ways. And there was so much that in three weeks, they had to kind of smuggle him out during the night for him to escape uh, with his life. That's the setting. And then briefly after that, as he, come, as he comes out, he writes uh, to the church in Thessalonica, the first letter. And shortly after that, here comes the second letter. So, the question really is, I think, when he is writing this, what do you think your faith matters? In, in which way do you think it makes a difference what you do with your faith in God? As the times stand before you. And so he says here to this little church, we don't know how many were there, but probably not many. Three weeks old church, and he had to leave them. And then he writes back a couple of times, church that is now well on its way. And he says, we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is flourishing and the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. The first thing out of his mouth, right? He, he opens up by saying, dear church. Uh, you know, he spends two verses saying, dear church, but that's how they did it then. It's like we would do, and then the first thing out, we ought to give Thank that There's something very significant about that word. It is not, you ought to. It's somewhat of a, a fuzzy word uh, in English. We, we, we do sense that it has some kind of urgency uh, with it. But the word used here is a very deliberate word that he chose that speaks to, to debt. It, it speaks to the, the necessity of paying back a debt you owe. The financial word, uh, so to speak. So what Paul is saying here is that, that I'm in debt to God and to you for the response that you gave to the call that God put on your life through the preaching that we shared with you. That's how strong this is. What Paul is saying is that and he owes it to the church in Thessalonica to speak about them. And never pass up a chance to tell about them everywhere he goes. In fact, in the in the very next verse, if we read that too, he said, well, I can't help but to brag about you everywhere I go. Right? That, that's exactly what he's saying right here. Right? Therefore, we ourselves boast about you among all the other churches of God. There's something unique, and we owe it to God to give him thanks for the work he's done in your midst and for the way you have responded to his work in your midst. Faith that grows or flourishes is a faith that recognizes God's work in our midst, friends. Can, can we remember this? And, and just think about it this way that... that, that that faith that flourishes, faith that grows will change the way you think and talk about God and about his church. And about this church also. Think about it. What do you say when you talk about 1st Baptist Louisville? What are the words that are coming out? Somebody express, well, you know, we're all we could. But how many good things are there not to focus on? How much is not right? How much is not amazing? I can't but help to to brag about you, like a like a dad that can't help but to talk up his family and his kids and his life in their midst. Think about this: we ought to give thanks to God always because your faith is flourishing. Flourishing faith has impact on the way we talk and it comes right back if you go to verse 13 if those of you have your Bibles open uh, of, of that same in chapter 2 verse 13 it's exact same phrase we ought to give, or we owe it to give thanks to God always for you brothers and sisters there's something that is urgent that is full of passion that he needs to say that and he said it out loud and I had to kind of ask myself when I read verses like that and I see how do I speak about God how do I speak about my fellow Christians how do I speak about my church of course within this place it's easy right I just brag everywhere this is like the greatest place ever yes two of you think so come on yes and you at home in living rooms also that wish you were here you say yes that's exactly what we see so when faith increases, it will change the way we are filled with gratitude and the way we speak. Now, now look at it here again a little bit. There's something special when, that happens when faith grows. it will not only change the way you think and, and speak, it, it, it defines a certain kind of, of faith. It's not always easy to define that. When, when I say faith, you probably hear a hundred different things. That's just how it is. We have our own understanding of what that word is. And it can be high, hard to find for some people. Faith has to do with kind of somewhat of a self-hypnosis of sorts, that, that, that you know, like they used to have when they were walking on, on red-hot iron or on glow, you know, burning coals with bare feet, um, and to express their faith. You, you've read about. Some of those kinds of things. And, and people sometimes relegate it to that, to other people. Faith has to do with, with really, really, really believing in something that may not be true. But if you really, really, really believe it, maybe it becomes true. No. That's not the kind of faith that Jesus inspires even at all. The more, some of them will say the more incredible things we can, we can believe in, the greater faith I have, no. Jesus could not be further, uh, from that with the kind of faith that he inspires. What he inspires is, is a faith that, that, trusts God. If we had, had, had been, been able to kind of generate a reality simply by believing it into being, we would have missed the point. It would, we would have been better off without it. Instead, what we see now, if you trust God, we believe in a new reality that God has put in place. And we can see that through our faith in God. Don't confuse these things. The faith that Jesus inspired was the kind of faith that made the reformers stand firm in the midst of incredible awe everybody, the whole church and everyone else, was against them, but they stood firm. Uh, The kind of faith that Jesus inspired is the faith that allows martyrs to not bend away from their confession when they're threatened with their very lives. That's what you see. The kind of faith that Jesus uh, inspires is the kind of faith that makes things through the Spirit of Christ uh, visible that was not visible Earlier, things that are now knowable that were not knowable other before because of what Christ has done and is doing even in our lives today. The faith that Jesus talks about is a faith that that gets its power from on high for the faith down here below. Can I put it in different words? A faith that can flourish is a faith that is willing to bet its life that God speaks the truth. That his word can be trusted. Even when it runs contrary to what everybody around us are saying, we trust God. And if you think that's a new thing, it's more difficult today than it was then. uh Uh-huh. Look at Thessalonica Paul was there three weeks he went to the synagogue the place where he thought at least he could get a hearing and in three weeks he had to leave smuggled out by night because what he said was not acceptable but he was trusting God it was not a whole lot different when he got to Corinth later on and, and their whole system of, of social life and what they had with their patrons and their clients and all these things suddenly were circumvented by the gospel that says there cannot be any high or low in the kingdom of God. Some are saying, oh, they, you know, all this stuff with faces is okay. But, but you know, who, nobody can believe anything until they have Proof, and we we know that on all levels, don't we? I mean, you know, you got these half-studied kind of a know-it-alls that cross their arms and say, you know, can you show it to me scientifically, as if an empirical scientific method was the only instrument that could measure truth. Uh, we know it uh, from people who are, who are just kind of uh, full of joy of, of their only kind of personal benefit. And they say, well, you know, proof is in the pudding. What do I get out of it? As if comfortability and personal enjoyment ever gave life meaning as Christians say, well, we've got to be realistic. We haven't done it before. Where's the proofs so that this can actually happen? As if God did not have greater opportunity and greater vision than we do. Most people, friends, I want us to hear this so we know and we recognize the power of this first or second Sunday of a new year. The power of faith that actually can grow. You know, a lot of people they, they say, Well, we we, we need proofs and we are seeking that and we don't always realize that, that proof is sometimes even more difficult to define than the faith that comes before it, if you will, or the faith that we say we want proof for. It's just the reality of what, what I sometimes consider proof. You know, I saw what I need to see, I heard what I need to say, and I conclude the way I want to conclude, and and we don't realize that that what I consider is proof someone else may look at it and say, hey, that doesn't prove anything. What about this, that, this, and the other? Try to take a case to court, and you'll know exactly what I mean. So, here's the point. Only the person that recognizes That the proofs that I demand may not be the final proof for actual truth. That proof is revealed through Jesus Christ. You will see it when you give up your own little narrow definition of what that means. You know there are other people that just say, "Well, we just need to have more faith, like blind faith. they have faces as strong faith as one that never asks questions again, that is far from the kind of faith that jesus Inspires. Blind faith says yes, even if every evidence in the world says no, whereas Christian faith says yes because God says yes, because God's word says yes, because God's spirit affirms what we say. That's the difference. But what is it then? What is that kind of faith he's talking about when he says it continues to flourish? It grows more and more, if you will. Well that is the faith. That trust in God. It is the faith that realizes because God is trustworthy, we can live in a different kind of way. It is not enough to, to uh to say that I believe in the Almighty if you never want to bow before Him. It's not enough to say I believe God can heal if you never actually ask for his healing hand to change things in your life or in the life of your friends. It's not enough to say certain things about God if you don't want to believe. You say, for example, I, I trust that God can save anyone he wants, but I'm not willing to share the message of the gospel. Listen to this. The faith that can grow is the faith that will bed his life that God speaks the truth that's where we are with this I think most of us know how easy it is to separate the claims of our mouth from the reality of our lives some of you would have said I, you know I know every big elastical band that was ever tied onto a bungee jump will hold certainly hold me and you say, I can do that. And you crawl up there and you stand there and <laughs> you look down and you have this little robe around you and you're thinking, maybe not. Maybe not, right? Oh, oh, what about the, 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 the place where you have Someone taking you across a ravine and, and he's doing it on a motorbike and it's just more, more or less just a couple of planks, uh, you know, that are, that are going across. And, you know, you either go down and go back up and it'll be a three hour walk or you just let him take you across and you see him take one across and next one across. And, and now hold on. he asked, Do you think you can take, uh, I can take you across too? I say absolutely. And finally, it's your turn. And you're thinking, maybe I should just walk down and walk up. Because... One thing is what I believe. Another thing is what I dare to act on. The faith that can flourish is the one that trusts God. That's it. And Christian churches, friends, that see God's hands are like this. To be a Christian is not just to adhere to certain kind of uh, doctrinal statements. Christian are people who live with a new life because they have accepted and, and invited God's Spirit into their lives, and because of the work of God's Spirit, they don't know, only know who God is, they know how God works, they can get they can asked to recognize His will and find out to walk in His ways. The faith that can grow is the faith that his life on the conviction that God speaks the truth. You can trust what he says. You know, uh, that word right there is intriguing. where it says uh, your faith is flourishing or increasing depending on growing, depending on the translation you have. The word is one of these strong words. It means hyper growth hyperoxano if you want to learn a little bit of Greek some of you can say hyperoxano if you're doing it in Greek more it would be hyperoxano right so it means to grow in a hyper kind of way abundant growth extraordinary growth and then there's the form in which it's put the grammatical form speaks not just to a jumping to a next step but it speaks to an ongoing process The faith that continues to grow more and more and more is quite a delivered way of putting it and a very choice word to use. That what Paul talks about is the faith that is willing to write you know on that dotted line where it says for God nothing is impossible it's the kind of faith that makes a little shepherd boy called David go up against a giant soldier called Goliath it is the kind of faith that allows a little boy with just a couple of fish and five slices of bread to bring it to the master I said I know you need to feed 5,000 here's what I have it's the kind of faith that, that is Uh, it enables a trained fisherman like like, uh, Peter to say to Jesus I've been fishing all night here but on your word I'll throw the nets out once again that's the kind of faith that can grow it's quite significant here friends and I need to kind of round this up when we see some of these things it is an amazing thing I've had the privilege of Not only traveling a lot of places in the world. I lived a lot of places in the world. And you come into churches. And they're quite different. Some are amazingly beautiful. I mean just. Have you ever been to Sacre Coeur? I mean just unbelievably beautiful buildings and places. Others are vastly huge. Just unspeakably large. Some are are known for incredible music. Just out of this world kind of. Music, and, and others are, are well known because they, they have preachers that, that can preach squirrels down from trees, if you know what I mean. just unbelievable. But when you walk into a church where you're always, already in the hallway senses, here's faith. This is a place of faith, of love, of hope. You know. You've been in a place where the presence of God dwells, don't you? Can that be the vision for First Baptist, Louisville? I know it is, but can that be strengthened, friends, even in 2022? May that be that that's the place where faith is growing. You kind of feel it when you stand in the presence of, of actual passionate, God-loving faith. You know, that kind of faith that grows has the same characteristic as love has. It wants to be shared. It needs to be visible. That's exactly what he's saying here when he goes on and he says the love that each of you has for one another again is growing, increasing, flourishing. Is visible. Don't do what Spurgeon said. As Spurgeon, uh, who is known to be uh, pr- one of the greatest preachers in, in all of all of uh, Christian uh, history, if you will, in the nineteenth century preacher Victorian England, um, he says here: there are some people who are trying to rationalize faith, to explain faith, uh, and to to um, Talk about faith in such a way they wind up with something that is not worth living for and even less worth dying for. Can it be our prayer that the faith that grows in our heart is indeed this flourishing faith that becomes visible, that is worth not only worth living for, but even, may God forbid, worth dying for? There's something here that is unique. You know, when the old prophet Joel, that is quoted again by Peter in, in, in Acts 2, said that now I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and the sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and the old people shall dream dreams, and your young people shall see visions. You know, dreams and visions have the same kind of characteristic as faith, that it longs to see God's work increase and get stronger that's the promise and that's what it is just one little verse so packed with meaning here and so pertinent for who we are and who God wants us to become even more so right here First Baptist Church, Louisville, 2022. Father, I ask that you will work with us, in us, through us. Father, mold us both as individuals and as a church. May your work, the Spirit's diligent work in our lives. Turn us into beings that have one desire, and that is, it would be be possible to write about us. Even at the end of this year, said, there's a church, there are people. It was clearly characterized by a DNA of faith. Faith that flourishes, grows even more and more and more and more. Do your work in us, Father. For those to whom faith has become humdrum, even church life, even their walk with you, just same old, same old. R- rotten routine, would you speak to us? Lord, we need you in the strongest way. And not just we, but all these homes around us this whole area from North Texas indeed the whole state the whole nation may it be that we can say and read this verse and think he's talking about us when he says I I'm in debt I I need to say thank you to God For the way you have received the gospel. And the way it's playing out. That we may see love increase. And the good news shared. Amen. Friends, can we stand? We're going to sing a song. This is a good opportunity to pray. Some of you may want to be seated and just pray there. Grab someone's hand. Someone may want to come here and pray right here. There will be staff down here to pray with you. If you have someone, you say, I need to pray with someone, not just myself. Whatever God is working in your life, let us happen right now.